Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. Nature Strip at the 2.50, two lengths in front. The eight-year-old Eduardo's trying his heart out, but Nature Strip wants his piece of history today. And he's got it. Here's a TJ treble for the Sprint King Nature Strip. Goes on to beat Eduardo. But it's Zaki clear. 50 metres to go. Zaki, a star, an all-star mile winner. Scored a length and a quarter. Animo wearing it down. State of rest just in front of Animo. State of rest holding on. State of rest, I think, has just won the Emerald Isle from Animo and very elegant. But gold medal, he's 11. But my G, he doesn't know it. Dead him, look at him, he won't give in. But gold medal, too bad, Daniels. What a hometown hero. Wicks down the middle, Kings will dream at the 100, it's getting desperate. Now Wicks is storming home, Wicks over the top. G'day listeners and welcome to another Racing Previews podcast. Nico, it's been a good week. Uh, we've had the Royal Ascot races beginning, one of the best carnivals around the world. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's it's been okay. It was better at about 12.45 on Tuesday night when, uh, well, the world, the world found out what we already knew. So, um, I thought we were going to see something pretty special and probably exceeded expectations, to be honest. Yeah, it was, it's been a good week for Australia, to be honest. So we had, um, the Socceroos go through to the World Cup final, uh, World Cup final, what am I saying? Go through to the World Cup. (laughs) Imagine we made the final. (laughs) (laughs) Had the soccer is, uh, yeah, qualify for the World Cup, and then we had Nature Strip, of course. So it's been a good week, and we're not done we're not yet. Done yet. We've got we've got two big chances in the Diamond uh, or the Platinum Jubilee. They keep changing the name of this, this race, but two big chances on Saturday. Hopefully, one of them win. Um, it would be huge. A clean sweep of the Ascot Carnival. J Max killing it, obviously. So exciting times. Yes. Exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Of, um, good racing plonked in the middle of this awful winter winter cards yeah that's exactly what we just touched on before uh before we hit on air um this yeah it's it's very hard to be enthused about racing around australia on saturday i'm more excited for my jump spets on sunday than i am saturday and we're racing at hq on a soft five or six yeah uh, this potty definitely won't go as long as it did last week but 
We'll, uh, we'll start with the weekend review. Here are the highlights, and we'll go from there. I'm with number three, Astrid Street. I know you despise this horse, but I honestly think he can win again. I don't see this track getting out of the heavy eight range. Um, we saw him swim. 200 in front of Ashford Street, who's giving strong chase. Ashford Street up to Starry Legend, and they gap the others. Ashford Street with 100 metres to go. Kicks clear, and is going to win again. And what another big moment for T.O. Nugent and Ken Elford. Ashford Street bolting. Yeah, I'm pretty happy to back Vizanari. And I'm not, I'm not at all concerned Barrier 15. It's going to be race 7. And Vizanari's tanking up. Chief Elton, he runs on to 4-3 off the lead, but still coming on. Vizanari at the 250 took the front. Chief Elton, he's going to be the threat over on the far side. Vizanari at the 150 led. Chief Elton, three quarters of a length away. Vizanari from Chief Elton. Vizanari pulls clear a half. Chief Elton, who's going to have a dip late. Vizanari. We'll go for the for another good off horse. Number 9, Siege. Um, he comes through the field, finds a little gap and explodes. That's the type of horse we really like. Siege going back towards the inside. There's six or seven hopes here. Wide out and it's easy single moving up. Siege in the inside lifting now. It's Siege and on the outside easy single. Oh close. In race eight we're buttering up with a horse that we backed last week. Number six Dragonstone. They actually ran really well behind uh, passive aggressive last week. Obviously, he was no match, but he did give the Philly four and a half kilos. Bopper and Dragonstone's getting right to the outside. Authentic Jewel, just the leader from Prime Candidate Dragonstone. American running on. Surreal step up on the inside, but Dragonstone lengthening wide out, and the favourite charges away. Breathing fire today. Dragonstone for a much deserved victory. Beat Prime Candidate. Race seven, number three, Campione. On Sunday, he draws barrier five. He'll get the, the sole lead. And the big tick here is he gets on the all-weather track. Two starts back. He bolted in on the all-weather. He paid $11. It's Campione, 300 to go. Going a length clear over Weaver South, Red Desert. And then came Kaying Master, Silver Fig, starting to wind up. But he has five lengths to charge down Campione, who's going very strongly. Kaying Master and Silver Fig. Campione, he's run to the front today. And he's run all of the way in front. Campione. King Stand, Nature Strip goes up against Golden Pal. Going to break him. Absolutely going to eat him. Oh, I can't wait. It's Nature Strip out clear in the King Stand by two legs from Acclam Express. Twilight calls and behind these equilateral. Salute a world-class sprinter. Nature Strip, a ripper in the King Stand. Beat Twilight calls Acclam Express. So that was a little wrap of the weekend. Um, a couple of good results, but unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the really important ones um, from my end anyway uh, didn't go to plan. Uh, I'll let you kick off. How'd, how'd some of your bets go? Well, it was a little upsetting waking up on Saturday morning and seeing DeGraves scratched, who I was very keen on. I actually doubled down and had another bet before I went to sleep because I was very, very keen that he'd sort of turn up and just win. But we'll quickly cap on Friday at Swan Hill. That was a little bit hard to swallow as well. Eagles Crag, I don't think he saw so much good. He's a bit of a pretender. 
He had dead set every possible chance and turned it up. Yep. I was watching the race, sitting next to Dad after we'd knocked off work, and I was like, oh, we're home here. He was length in front, and I thought, oh, yeah, no worries. He's just going to go on with it. And then, but he missed a pickwick, just found a second wind, and went straight past and won by, like, three. I'm like, that was pretty grim. And then the Topaz, this was the hardest hardest thing to swallow because you and I had spoken about triple missile and I was pretty keen but I just wasn't happy that we were going back in trip and then so that was when we backed Howie Mantic and regards Murray and they both didn't run to the best of their ability and they were both probably at the end of their preparations but yeah triple missile comes out and blitzes them and then Lindsay says post race that he thinks this horse is like just a high pressure fast race beast and he's going to be targeted at an Oakley plate well if I knew he was going to be kept as a sprinter and going to Oakley plates he would have been a dead set launch yeah he got the he got that speed he probably need needed to come into a race like that sat at the back and he was a pretty dominant win in the end so yeah it was one that got away and he, he was actually he actually went up a decent price so um, not to be uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, we locked horns. Winning revolution. Yeah, go winning on. revolution in the first was pretty grim. Didn't travel super in the run. I didn't think. Moods during the week on Moody on the mic was like, yeah, winning revolution, best chance, blah blah blah. You know the other two debutants that he had in the race. He goes, yeah, they're nice horses, but you know they'll sort of just be better for the experience. Well. Pfft. Obviously, he was telling us one thing and others other because he, the stablemate was forty-one dollars into six dollars fifty, absolutely trotted in. Yeah, yeah. I hate to see um, when that happens. Oh, did it easily. That was grim. And then second race, we had Starry Legend. This horse is going really well, and he's just not winning races. Unfortunately, he needs to get back to a track like the Valley or Mornington. Somewhere that he can sort of just zip around a bend and, and sort of kick and snick off. Like, he's running very well. He's just... He's been beaten last start by circumstance and on the last weekend by just a horse who's probably a little bit better than him with everything considered last weekend. Yeah. Like, Ashford. I'll jump in a there. A horse that I despise. Yeah, you go. I was with Ashford Street. It was mainly just a wet track, in my opinion, and he just gets through the wet better than Star Legend, and he just kind of sat off him again and was too good. As you said, the long straight probably favoured him as well compared to Star Legend. Um, probably wants to rail around a tight corner and, and kick off it, but he was just a bit of a sitting duck again. Um, but Ashford Street, I think you've got to give him a bit of credit. He is going very well, um, and he's strung a couple oh, together. Yeah, now. He, he, got, he got the credit. <laughs> Thank God for the savoury exactor, huh? Yeah. $14. What a gift. Through Irish Eyes was a bit of a sick watch for me. Uh, yeah, that was pretty grim. Three wide wasn't one of Jamie's best. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I thought he had his chance. He was a bit of a sitting duck, and J-Mac, it was just J-Mac at his best, getting uh, Irish sequel up on the line. Right. 
Yeah, his eye was definitely in on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, sure was, and it has been all week. Um, he's continued his brilliant Gate form. crash? Gate crash, yeah, what'd you make of gate crash? I am spewing we didn't have anything on the winner. I know he hasn't won much, yeah. but just he he actually is a stayer, um, mm. runs out the trip, and he, he got out to a very juicy price. I think he was 20 to 1. Gate crash jumped too good for his own own good, pretty much. Like, he, he he normally just flops out in the back, gets into a position, and sort of works into it from the 600. He jumped too good, and Billy hunted him up, and he was like fifth. I think he was one back defence at one point. And then somehow, he got shuffled back to like nearly last. And, yeah, just kept getting further and further back, and yeah, all credit the winner. It sort of nicked off around the corner, but anyway... Visionari, this was a highlight. Yeah, this horse is proper group class. Yeah, it was a nice. That was win. a super win, and we tipped the the saver, Chief Altoni. How honest is this guy? If you if you've wanted to own a horse, you just want to be this guy. He doesn't always win, but he's genuinely got a proper excuse that he jumps into a good one. Like, yeah, he's he's die in the winner race but to sand down and a wet track you can back him with confidence against any opposition yeah. he got he, he did like get it his, wasn't like he was sure he did get his win two back but it, it was in a lesser race yeah. but um yeah as you said he loves his wet tracks loves sand down and he's just a good horse unfortunately he bumped into a better horse but um there's no shame in running yeah. second to Visionari. uh i had two in sydney two winners that was good siege got up uh along the inside and, and just stuck her nose out. She's a nice horse. She's um, Fat drift. Yeah, yeah. I think she's four from five now. And then Dragonstone, this was a lot of people's, uh, one of their better bets on the card. He, of course, ran... Passive-aggressive yes, for... Yes, he, of course, ran second huge. to passive-aggressive. Spoiler alert for Nico, possibly later on in the show. Um, but that was a dominant win. He got back and he just circled them, put put pay to them. He's a nice horse. Um I think he could take the, the the step to at least listed or lower group level. Uh, we'll head up north yeah, let's do it. to the Q22 first. Farm, yep. Half a ride. I don't know what your... We haven't exactly spoken about this personally too much. But I'm firmly on the belief... Nash gives Maximal Half a decent steer, he would have won. I can't say Definitely for wasn't one of Nash's best. I can't say well, for it, sure uh, he would have won, but I can see what you're saying. Oh, obviously, we will never know, but like, I would love to have seen, with a good ride, he would have gone very, very close. Mm. New Marion won in the, the Team Valley colours, which is the old colours of State of Rest. So... That was a little sign of things to come um, for them. Uh, Huge. What did you make of the, the group one? The blood. Alligator blood is back. Dominant, dominant win. Yeah, well, we touched on this. I don't know if we touched on this in the podcast or when we were having a bit of a chat to Sam outside of the podcast, but she she sort of did half kick up for him a little bit. Yeah. Um. As we touched on, 
you just wanted to see him do it. Like horses that come back from these big layoff from injuries and stuff, they can run a massive flashing light first up and then and then really flatten second up. But yeah, the blood could be back. That was absolutely huge. Yeah. But what about private eye? Like is this a horse that just always runs a flashing light and he's just going to be such an unlucky runner and always is in his career? Or is he just a bit of a victim of circumstance and he's genuinely unlucky? Like, is he just does he just get himself into spots where he can't win and that's just him? Like, he's always going to run in flashing light? Or is he just an unlucky runner, you reckon? No, I think he's genuine, to be honest. Like, he's, he's beaten all bar alligator blood easily here. Um, 1,400 metres is a furlong short of his best in my opinion i think his best trip is a mile um he did it with 57 kilos on the weekends and he didn't he didn't settle as far back um as a lot of people would have thought so i thought yeah. i thought it was a good run and i'd, I'd happily back him 11 11 was just too bad to be true not sure what happened and then apache chase i knew our fate pretty early when he didn't get control he's a horse who needs to control the race from the front and uh he was a couple of pairs back he kind of he was he missed a start so once he missed a start he was he was gone um Ayrton was five wide yeah i know you had the sword through him a bit but he didn't exactly cop a good steer from jamie but that was a bit of a isn't it funny how mick price comes out during the week and said there's not a lot of speed here hmm. blah 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 automatically jamie goes forward target on her back five wide yeah, it was definitely a forgive, and he actually ran not too bad considering the run he got. No, he stuck on pretty well. Um, he gave he gave the winner just, the just, perfect card into the race. Oh, I know, all the hard work. Yeah. And the other one that I was beaten up for, Isotope. Not genuine or not right. I don't. Th- what is she? I don't, because I'm a bit confused. I'm a bit confused as well. I don't think she's right, but. Maybe she's not that good. I don't know. I think it. I'm going to reserve judgment until I see her next prep. But, um, yeah. If she was, uh, if she was on the punters.com article at the end of the day, she'd be in the uh, the question mark folder. What do they call it? <laughs> she wouldn't be in the forgive. There's the forgive. She probably forget. won't be in forget. Yeah, she's in between. So. But I don't know. I just don't know what. I don't know what her best trip is. I don't. I don't know. She's a weird. I horse think her best tri- trip's twelve hundred. She's she's becoming a girlfriend. Is what she's becoming. Yep. Yep. Certainly is. Uh, so is Najmati. JJ could for us. No. Oh, yeah, we'll touch on Najmati first. Yeah. Um, I'm sick of this horse. I'm sick of her. Yeah. Uh, she's never been one of mine, but she well and truly sucked me in on Saturday. Yeah, it hurts. She doesn't win she's won her when last, she should. Yeah, all right, she's won her last two races. And she wins when she shouldn't. <laughs> Dead set, I've had enough. Yeah. Oh. Sick. Yeah, wasn't a bad effort, but... She does need a, a lot of things to go away with her racing pattern. Well, unfortunately, Benny, when you're a $2.30 favourite, it doesn't pay for a good effort. Oh, mate, I had her one out in the quaddy for a fill-up. You, you know my thoughts around this. <laughs> but um, that's the way it is. In the JJ, she's a, belt, she's a belter. The WA filly was too good. I definitely got this one wrong. I thought the boys would be 
too strong. We both, we both um, did. But Pikey shoved them out the way, and the uh, including Brereton, she shoved Brereton in. She stuck her head didn't let him down out. where it matters. I think huge run political debate, but like he was just nearly an unwinnable position. Last defence, yeah. J-Bow. I think these like first couple over the line are actually quite good horses, and they they can uh, they can progress onto good things as a three year old. Political debate ones further, sharp and smart. Definitely the top two. Was a little bit unlucky. Your selection, Brereton, was a little unlucky, and then and then the Grey Brosnan, yeah. who we backed at Flemington a couple of weeks ago, he ran huge. Yeah, he was he was massive, wasn't he? Yeah. So I think interesting to see where they go political debate come the spring, but they're gonna options are plenty. Yeah. He'd be a horse that I'd back in a Caulfield Cup if he went that way. I don't think he's going there though. I think he's gonna to go to a spring champions, then maybe a derby or a Cox plate if he was able to get a run for Yeah, you're, I'd love to see him at two thousand meters because he just looks like he wants more and more ground. Um, he'd eat twenty four hundred with fifty kilos on his back. Yeah, he would. Uh, DeGraves was scratched unfortunately as you said it looked a cracking bet um, I followed up with Mankayan. Uh look I copped yeah so did I in the end I copped the 6-4 to four and um, backed him it was just a bit of a grinding win it was a good win but you got out to $3 late yeah right I think I might have copped unders I'm not sure yeah. well you would have you would have had a bet on bet 365 surely uh, I was betting half on 365 and half on sports bet Obviously, just with the bet returns, so good old bet returns, huh? Yeah, killers. They're they're only good when you run second or third. <laughs> uh, you win, and you still you still lose. Yeah, and then Belmont, bit of a sick finish was God has chosen. Oh. See, this is what I mean. Like so many big bets, or like like this is the the bet I need to land the multi, or this is the the horse I need to land the quaddy. They just didn't win on the weekend. Like I had a day, I had a couple yeah, days in but yeah, your Najmati's, your God has chosen's, um, group ones, even on the Sunday, um, at Shartin, the unbeaten yeah, run came to that an was end. Campioni, Campioni was good. He he led all the way back on the all weather, a dominant winner, but Galaxy Witness let us down every chance. Um, yeah, that kind of kind of summed yeah, up man. the same theme I was speaking about. Lucky, lucky there was CC on tap at whatever bar we were at. <laughs> I have no idea where we bit, were, but it did. It still stings. Yeah, that was definitely a dagger, a dagger late in the day. Oh. Um, okay. I think that's about how it for the weekend review. I'm going to touch on how good winter racing. <laughs> how good? I reckon we'll touch on a little bit more of the stuff happening abroad in the what's happening in racing and we can touch on a, a couple of results there ah, what's happening what's happening in racing uh as nico just takes a sip from these cc double black how good <laughs> mother's milk um maybe they'll sponsor the podcast maybe wouldn't be wouldn't be a fantastic look, look but we'd be happy absolutely we'd be happy <laughs> Um, I'll let you kick off with your first little thing. Um, you wanted to touch on a certain jockey. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on the debacle of Hong Kong racing at the moment. Obviously, 
the quality of racing is getting lesser and lesser as the season's starting to come to an end. But, well, just touch on two things here. I don't know if the punters out there are aware of how strict the lockdown uh, measures are in Hong Kong at the moment, but they're near enough to unlivable. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous what they're going through to the point where their two leading riders are in discussions about leaving and and not coming back. Those two being Joe Moreira and Zach Purton. Um, I wasn't aware of Joe um, expressing his thoughts on leaving until this afternoon when I was having a conversation with, uh, with Barb's about it. But, yeah, I heard the whisper that Zach was potentially leaving at the end of the season to come back to Australia um, as, you know, it's a, I think it's a bit of a mixture of things. It's, it's a mixture of things. That being the lockdown, them both feeling like they've got nothing left to prove and probably other things they want to achieve before their riding careers are out. So hopefully, you know, Zach was to come to Melbourne, that'd be pretty good because obviously the Melbourne Cup's been a race that he's been pretty keen to win and has never had the opportunity to win. Get the magic man down here um, as well. Yeah, we'll have them both. <laughs> How good would that be? But I think I think he'll probably go to Europe somewhere. Yeah. But whichever whichever destination both of those two jockeys land, well, they're two of the best jockeys in the world. So I'm sure they're going to fit right in um, in whichever jurisdiction they decide to continue riding in. But the Blake Shin incident was the main topic of conversation I wanted to come up with. So I don't know if people are aware of the severity of what's happened. So basically from the information that I can gather, Blake went out, um, broke a certain amount of rules that he shouldn't have. I think he might have been out at a bar or a nightclub or somewhere like that, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If the lockdown rules are as bad as what they say they are. Like, surely these places aren't open. But I don't know if it's just the Hong Kong Jockey Club's got a certain set of rules for racing industry participants and there's a different set of rules for the public. I'm not... Yeah, I think that is the case. I think it would be like a... I'm not really sure. A racing bubble like we had here. Yeah, okay. But anyway, he's been fined 106000 Australian dollars. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So when I first saw this article posted, I, I saw um, uh, Blake Shin's been hit with a, a six-figure fine, and I just thought, oh, that's just clickbait title. That's obviously Hong Kong dollars. Um, you know, he's mm. he's been fined whatever six hundred thousand Hong Kong dollars, and I was just assuming that was, yeah. you know, however much like thousands, but not. I didn't think it'd be triple triple figures Australian. And then it went, when I found out it was one hundred and six Australian dollars 106,000 Australian yeah that is unbelievable no, that that's more than yeah that's more than most people earn in a whole year yeah that's ridiculous yeah um it is ridiculous that's nuts so they might be losing a couple of jockeys but they are gaining uh our chief handicapper Greg Carpenter which is is a, a huge loss for our industry Racing Victoria will be uh beginning the search to find a, another Greg but um, his job... Look no further. <laughs> no. As I, as I said in the chat, I couldn't handicap a foot race, let alone a horse race. 
and uh, Greg is very good at what he does in terms of uh, handicapping runners for, for the for the Melbourne Cups, the Caulfield Cups, Internationals, Australians. So he had a major role here, and it's going to be hard to find a replacement for sure. Um, I reckon we'll crack into Royal Ascot. You know what? I've, I've got the replay here of Nature Strip, so let's just play it from the top. So Nature Strip for Australia and James McDonald and Chris Waller is last in for the King Stand Stakes fight. Sit tight at home. Yeah, real shame. Mondebej doesn't look if he's going to take part. So Nature Strip for Australia and James McDonald and Chris Waller is last in for the King Stand Stakes. Five furlongs take less than a minute to run. And they all burst out of the stalls. And slow away was Golden Powell. Golden Powell missed the start as Pontos and Winter Power are the first two to show. So it's the Czech runner. And at the back of the field, I think it's Cardam that might have unseated his rider coming out of the stalls as well. Nature Strip at Clem Express. Golden Powell trying to recover as they make their way through the first couple of furlongs. Winter Power and Arecibo are over on the far side. Down the centre, Man of Promise leading the Royal Runner, Kings Lynn. Nature Strip right up there with Pontos and also making an international line on the stand side. Golden Powell, Aklam Express comes next with Equilateral. Twilight Calls is next as they make their way down inside the final couple of furlongs. Nature Strip has gone to the front in the King stand. Golden Powell is done. Winter Power, Arecibo on the far side. Kings Lynn trying to get involved with Twilight Calls and tis marvellous. It's Nature Strip out clear in the King stand by two lakes from Macklem Express, Twilight calls them behind these equilateral. Salute a world-class sprinter, Nature Strip, a ripper in the King Stand. Beat Twilight calls Macklem Express, and behind those Munista made late ground, equilateral. St Lawrence was next. They trail all the way back to Golden Powell, who blew it at the start. What a horse! Nature Strip provides Australia with another win in the King Stand, and few have been so dominant. So there you have it. That was the world's best sprinter. Our best sprinter, Nature Strip, shining my, on the world my stage. My best sprinter. Nico's favourite horse. He's, he's made that well known from the very beginning. Mate, I've played in some big footy games um, in my life to date. I don't think I've ever been as nervous. Like, before that Nature Strip race, the, the whole build-up to it, um, it was just like, we expect you to win if you bring your best. Obviously, you travel halfway around the world and things happen. And, and you know, if, if there had been excuses, there had been excuses. But to see him demolish them by five lengths, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, like for me, I'm actually getting a little bit emotional right now thinking <laughs> about it again. But um, I don't know, it's hard. it's hard for me to sort of put into words... Um, those sort of feelings, like I've touched on it before, you know, it's it's like anything. Like he's the reason that I fell in love with racing. He's he's so much more than just just another racehorse, if that makes sense. A lot of people probably aren't gonna aren't gonna understand or or probably think I'm just going on going on a bit of a little bit of a rabble or something like that. But yeah. Obviously, we touched on the build-up was huge. Um, you know, waking up Tuesday morning, going to work, it was like it was. It was. It was like it was grand final day. Yeah. Like it was like you were you were preparing to play in the final yourself. And then, you know, as the first race kicked off, the nerves, you know, started to, you know, started to come a little bit. But oh yeah, when I, when we saw him. 
in the flesh in the mounting yard and I saw how good he looked I'm like wow this is proper this is like, this is about to happen and as as he was going around to the gates yeah that's when it really kicked in I had that sort of <laughs> half sick sick feeling in the stomach but yeah there was a few shears Ted up a few tears shed after the line but yeah I we had joked about you know Golden Powell folding up and him winning by four and things like that, but it was no more than just me sort of taking the P one, the P one double. But for him to actually come out and do it, and I'm I'm not surprised, but I am like I know that he was capable of that, but it's just good, it's just good to see it for your own eyes. Like I had that little bit of reserved. Um, yeah, I was just a little bit reserved because, you know, as as you touched on, he has travelled halfway across the world. He had to settle into a new environment. He had to be around things that weren't, you know, his normal surroundings. And you just, you don't really know until that button's pressed the answer to all those questions. And, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty special and it's a moment that I'll never forget. 100%. And... I completely understand what you mean about. For me, Nature Strip was my uh, sorry. Chautauqua was my favourite horse growing up, and he's the reason I got into horse racing. My first ever night at a racetrack was watching Chautauqua win his Manicato Stakes at the Valley, and Chautauqua did the same thing. He went to Hong Kong, and we saw what he did. He got back. He wasn't even in the frame. He came down the outside, and he won. And the whole of Australia went berserk. And this was even better the way nature Strip yeah. won it, there was never there was never a moment during the run where you thought he's not going to win he traveled beautifully no. he's just the ultimate professional now at eight years old and scarily he might have put down well time form is telling us he's put down he a, has. A, a he's career put down, it's it's his best run of his career so his highest rating on time form before tuesday night was 130 yeah and he has beaten that by three rating points. Now he's had a career peak of 133, and he's broken the track record. Yeah. Oh, That's I don't know if the huge. track. I think the track record still is does belong to Miss Andretti. I don't know if there was a mistake there. That's what they said on the cover. They said it, but I don't know. Miss Andretti's definitely ran. They jumped the gun. They jumped the gun a little bit, did they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Miss Andretti definitely still has the fastest time because I, I did a bit of research after and unless they've changed the track dimensions or something like that um, yeah right but yeah but he beat Bat- Batash's time easily and um, yeah you know the the uh, the Poms raved on about Batash as the best sprinter in the world for ages and Nature Strip has absolute panels on that horse so yeah nah, it was but awesome. regardless he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't need a track record to solidify that he's a champion and that he is the best sprinter in the world. Um, in our backyard or in theirs, um, yeah, there's... If you weren't a believer in Nature Strip being the best sprinter in the world and the second best sprinter Australia's ever seen, and you're not convinced now, well, I probably can't help you. No. And just the fact that it was at Royal Ascot, like, as much as their, their prize money isn't the best in the world, the Royal Ascot, Ascot Carnival is just... It's for the elite. Um, this was so much more than just a race. Yeah, it wasn't about money. Um, no. But as I said, I, I bag the Poms all the time. But some of their 
some of their feature sporting events, Royal Ascot, Wimbledon, they are for the purists. Um, they are the biggest yeah. in the world. Like you go to you go to Wimbledon, everyone's wearing white. It's all about tradition. You go to Ascot, everyone's wearing top hat and tails. It's all about tradition, and yeah. it is just it's the cream of the crop, really. Yeah, it is. Um, some other quick, some other good wins we saw. Uh, Bayed, Bayed did it easily in race one. How good is it to see the best horse in the world go around in race one, not just some silly maiden or, you know, benchmark race. Yeah. Like race one, Ascot Carnival, best horse in the world wins. Um, that was good. Cerebus won for us uh, in the St. James's. And then last night... A little, uh, little bit of heart in mouth for a little bit. I wasn't sure that he was going to get the split, but yeah. once he did... There's talk of the... There's a bout coming up, potentially, between Karibis and Bayek. Like, personally, I don't think Karibis no is going to hold, hold a candle to uh, to the fight to Bayek. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting. Like, it would be nice to see Bayek tested at some point. Well, he's going. He's the best horse in the world at the moment, and he's unbeatable at the moment. But you just want to see. I want to see someone take it to him. The big thing for Bayed is he hasn't gone beyond sixteen hundred, so they're keen to step him up to the mile and a quarter, two thousand meters, and he might face some proper competition there. Not that real world. I reckon isn't a good horse, but yeah. I reckon they should test him over two thousand and forty meters. <laughs> in a cox plate, you reckon? Bring him over. I have to throw the book at him. Talking about Cox Plates, last night the reigning Cox Plate champion, State of Rest, went straight to the top. He led from start to finish. Uh, he beat the odds on favourite, Baybridge, and he landed his fourth Group 1 in his fourth different country. He's won the Saratoga Derby in the US. He's won the Cox Plate here in Melbourne. He won the Prix Guinée in France, and now he's won the Prince of Wales Stakes, which is the best 2,000 metre race in the Royal Ascot Carnival. How good. Yeah, Ripper. Um, how good's the Cox Plate going to be? There's going to be the rematch, obviously. Um, I get the pronunciation. Al- Alan, Alan Kerr? Alan Kerr? Yeah. yeah. Alan, we'll go with Alan, Alan Kerr. Yeah. Um, obviously, he beat State of Rest Lord North last start, and then obviously he didn't line up in the Prince of Wales, but State of Rest was very dominant, so it's obviously going to be very good to see those two go toe to toe at the valley. Um, hopefully, come later this year. Hopefully, if they both make it. But yeah, look, um, just huge for the valley, and I'm sure Animo and Variali are pretty happy to see this form being franked all across the world. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully with this happening, you know the light stays on on Melbourne and on the Cox Plate because it truly is one of the best races there is in the, in the world. Um, yeah, sometimes it gets a little bit forgotten about, yeah. I suppose. Look, I'm biased, but it is Australia's best race yeah. and it is one of the better races in the world. And so often we see the form of it underrated for some reason. Liz Grishow won the Cox Plate. She went back to Japan, absolutely smashed arm and eye. Um, We've seen Sir Dragon A go on and, and win another group one, but he wasn't in the same league. And then now we've seen State of Rest um, win two more group ones in in two different countries. So what more can you do? Very elegant, won a Melbourne Cup with one of the best ratings we've ever seen. 
Yeah. What more can you have? It's funny. And it's, isn't we'll just touch on something. Isn't it funny how these these journalists and formal oh, analysts how narrow minded they are. Yeah. Like they were potting nature strip till the cows come home before the race. And then they've still got the nerve to turn around and say, if Golden Pal doesn't miss the start, that Nature Strip might not have won. And then they weren't believers that State of Rest, he was just a B grader and he was it was an average Cox plate, even though Verallians come out and won a Melbourne Cup. Animo won the Rose they still had, seven. They still had the nerve after he won his first group one after Australia, and now they still, they're still not believers that he's proper. They still want to doubt him. Like, what more can he do? He's a four-year-old. He's won four group ones in four different countries. He's got to be in the top three or four best horses in the world right now. Like, he's won arguably their biggest race over a mile and a quarter of the carnival. Like, what more can he do? Yeah, and... I think Joseph O'Brien caught wind of some of these comments as well, and he wasn't happy. And you know what? He's he's proven it to him. He's got every right to not be happy. Yeah, it's, it's just junk journalism. Yeah, it is. the The UK, some of their journalists just think we've got the best horses, we've got the most elite Group Ones, and everyone else is inferior. And they've been absolutely shown up so far this week. Anyway, I think that's it for what's happening in racing. Obviously, Royal Ascot is the major thing happening right now, and we're looking forward to more good racing coming up, but we'll touch on that a bit more in the bets. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. All right, it's show me the money time. Uh, obviously, winter cards, I don't have too many bets. I'm not sure how many bets you've got, Nico. We haven't talked that much about it this week. We've both been pretty busy, but we'll crack into it. Uh, we're racing at HQ Flemington in Melbourne. The rail is out 12 metres. Uh, the Sultan, Salts on the Two Units podcast, has kind of suggested that it may favour the on-pace horses, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, it'll probably be a good four, soft five kind of range. Um, I'll let I'll let you go first if if you've got a bet. Yeah, first race that I'm having a bet in is race five. I think we're locking horns here, but um, I'm a real believer in this girl. I think she's group class. Obviously, she steps to black type for the first time in the Creswick. Um, this is a this is a good horses race. Obviously, Nature Strip won this race back in twenty eighteen. So, um, yeah, it's and both of these two horses at the top of the market have definitely got the potential to to you know to be really good horses. So um, I'm with Passive Aggressive. She hasn't exactly hit the clock to the same extent that Star Patrol has, but to be fair. She's she's got no idea what her job is at the moment. Like she's she's an arrogant little thing, isn't she? Like she she just does what she does. She knows she's better than everyone. She's pricked. She sort of just she half she half takes the Mickey just with her ears pricked for the final two hundred. Like Geordie gives her a little squeeze. She does her job. 
then when he says, all right, you can switch off now, girl, she goes, oh, well, I'm still going to win and I'm not even trying. But, yeah, I think the three kilo swing in her um, in her favour could be the telling factor. Um, and I also think she's a better horse than Star Patrol to start with. So, irrelevant for the weights. But, yeah, um are you you with or against? Yeah. As you touched on, we are we are going to lock horns here. Um, I've got nothing against passive aggressive. I, I think she's a very very nice filly. But um, I'm with the big boy at the top of the weights. Number one, Star Patrol. Uh, he's won three races this prep. Two of them have been down the straight. They've all been very very impressive. Um, look, I'm not getting sucked into people saying, "Oh, this is definitely a Group One horse." Whatever, like. I don't think just because you run good time in a in you know a handicap sort of race that you're definitely going to measure up. But I was kind of when the nominations for this race came out, I was thinking he'd be even money, and that passive aggressive would kind of be three fifty, three sixty. And the fact that I can get a better price him than her on bet three six five, I think that's quite telling. Um, I do rate his form just a little bit better than hers at the moment. So I'm with Star Patrol number one, but I think it's going to be a cracking race and I'm ha- I'll happily have the 8-1 the exact to saver. I think we're both of the same horse in race eight. Did you have anything before that? Yeah, you can lead. Right, I'll lead here. No. Look, Risanari, this grey, he is a very, very nice horse. Um, we saw it last week. He, he won very nicely. Um, heavy nine I'm not sure he absolutely loved the heavy nine he gets back on a on a drier surface here it might still be in the soft range but as I touched on with a rail out 12 metres it could favour horses nearer the speed and that's what he will be he's drawn barrier eight he's going to roll forward um, Geordie he's, uh, takes the reins again and I think he's just going to put pay to them at the top of the straight um, Sir Davy is is a good horse. He won uh, well. He's won well his last few starts actually, but he's going to be spotting him a start, drawing barrier thirteen. He'll probably be further back in the field. He can't get the same. There's no, no. PR. There's no PR up the. He fence can't get this, the same run he got last time. Um, as I said, he'll be back. He'll be spotting Visnaria start. The last time they met, it wasn't on a. You'll see that Sir Davy beat him easily, but it wasn't a fair playing field. Visenari carted him up. He was three wide. I think he can turn the tables, but I could have, have an exacto or a saver there, but pretty keen Visenari around the $3 mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Visenari. Um, just for everything that we've, sort of, we've both touched on during the week and, and what you just elaborated, elaborated on then. Just the way this track's gonna play, I just I three dollars could look like an absolute gift. Like Tuvalu's not going as he's not at his best and Sir Davy's obviously not gonna PR to the extent that he did last time and obviously Diagula was super first up and I got a lot of time for this horse, like he's pretty genuine. Five wins from seven career starts, but just a map thing. Like he's going to be near last. Visionary's probably going to be off and gone by the time the business end of the race 
starts, I hope. Yeah, we certainly hope. Um, the only query with Vizanari is the backup. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. He wouldn't you be trust here. the camp. He's got too much to... He's got too much to lose to be running for the sake of just having yeah, another run. I trust Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. They'll get it right. Yeah. Uh, we'll crack on race nine. I had a double bet play here. Number two express pass oh, right. for uh, Nick Ryan. I, he's, he's a pretty good uh, straight line sprinter. Um, we tipped into him a, a couple times last prep at good odds and he, he ran some big races. Um, uh, what was I going to say? He flies fresh. Uh, he's drawn, I think he's drawn ideally in barrier nine. Billy Egan takes the reins. He's been flying Bill. And, you know, he's got form around some proper proper group sprinters. Um, he just missed Malkovich and Brooklyn Hustle down the straight one time here. Um, he won the inaugural Chautauqua Stakes at the Valley last prep, and that was a, a, a super win, beating an unlucky Balanipatina. So... At north of $4, I'm happily, I'll happily have him on top. Uh, number three, Sartorial Splendor. I just have to have a, have a saver on this horse. He goes like a cut snake out in front. He's one of um, your favourites. But if he's ever going to win, it, it's always first up. He, he does his best work fresh. He kind of falls off a cliff after that. But, you know, 1,100 metres down the, down the straight, this is him. $14 is a respectable price to back him. Um could be a big day for Geordie, who who gets the ride. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one that I wanted to touch on, I'm obviously with Express Pass on top. Good straight horse, good horse with cut in the track, good horse first up. Zorro's Dream is the other one. I know this horse doesn't win a lot, but at $9 and $3 to place, I think he's a great one by three play I don't think he should miss a place um, obviously he gets an extra three and a half kilo weight swing on Express Pass because Express Pass narrowly beat him last time they met and I, yeah I just I think he's a good enough bet at nines and, and three dollars a place he's never missed a place loves soft ground loves the straight so, I thought it was an easy enough two-bet play for me. If there was going to be a danger to ex- express pass, I thought it would be Zorro's. Yep, awesome. Um, we'll quickly go to Rose Hill, Rose Hill Gardens. Uh, an absolute stinker of a of a ten race card. This this is probably. I got nothing. I got nothing here. Well, you'll have something in a second because you'll want to back what I'm backing in race one, number one, Osipanko. Uh, this horse won like a bit of a star on debut. One by nearly four lengths. Um, this horse actually ran second to the champ Pyroy in a in a, uh, in a trial, and then he came out and spanked them on on debut. Uh, you know, he's a Chris uh, Chris Waller cult. He did he he did what Roy yeah. couldn't do um, in a decent race as well. Like a, these two old handicaps um, during the winter, a lot of them actually come up pretty strong. So. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he beat, but he did it really impressively. He's a son of Piero. Um, gets back on a dry, drier track. Would you believe it? Sydney is a good four at the moment, and it, and it could stay there. No so way. So it could be. Th- they raced on a, f- a four yesterday. At yeah. Kenzo. So 
who knows he might he might go to another level on a on a good track he gets the 1400 meters it was 1300 meters on debut so that won't pose any problems he'll just pr from barrier two and i reckon he'll win price uh 220 skinny, skinny enough. enough but 11 a.m you'll be having a bet i guarantee it <laughs> maybe maybe uh I've I've got Maybe. one for Ipswich. I've got nothing there either. The Tab Ipswich Cup over twenty one hundred and fifty meters. Um, this horse number three, Bartholomew Diaz, uh, out of the woodwork, won last start at Eagle Farm, and I was actually pretty taken by the win. I didn't even realise he was running in the race. He was that far down the page. He was the longest priced shot of the race. He carried fifty. He's gone to the world's yes, best trainer. Yes, he's gone to the world world's best That's trainer, and she's improved in lengths. No, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what has gone wrong with him in in his past prep. He kind of went off the boiler a little bit, and he wasn't in the best form, but he bounced back to form in a big way on a drier track last start. Um, the step up to 2100 is, is perfect. Draws well in three. Um, you know, and he's a respectable price again, around four dollars eighty. So, I was happy to have a little bet on him. Um, did you have anything? I think that's all I had pretty much for there. South Australia, WA. I had a couple at Belmont. We'll go to Belmont then. Well, I had I had a moral for, I had a moral for us at um, Murray Bridge, but it's been scratched. Moral Bridge, been scratched. Unlucky. All right, you you kick us off in Belmont. All right, Belmont. This one I want to touch on. I'm not necessarily going to back it myself. Maybe if I have a, if I do back it, I might back it with your tip at Rose Hill. Um, rumor says in race one. Obviously, you may remember that we were kicking it up for Rev it up the other week. Well, this is the horse that um, that beat it. I was pretty taken by its win, to be fair. Dollar sixty-five is short enough, and you never like to see Chris Parnham on the second favourite, six fifty into five dollars. But just monitor it. Um, it looked pretty smart. Obviously, it is a two-year-old, and anything can happen. But yeah, it was just one that I wanted to watch. But the feature for the day, and this is probably one of the better Great races race. around the country for mine, the Belmont Guineas. Um, at the top of the market is Other One Sun, which is my suggested bet. I'm I'm a real big fan of this horse, and he had no right, as we've touched on in the review. This horse had no right to win last start, and it won because he's a good horse, and he's got a lot of ticker and a will to win. I've got no reason to jump off him, and nor will I. Happy to stick in his corner. Gate four, I think that should be slightly better than gate seven last time. Hopefully he can just posse that little bit closer. Um, I'm not too sure about the weather situation over there. They've been racing on about a soft five most of the week. Um, it's a soft five currently. Soft track, no issues. He's won one for one on the soft track. Um, which he was two back and he was quite dominant winning it uh, at the mile at Ascot by three lengths so yeah 
soft track poses no issues happy to be with um, if you were to have an exacta saver one and two to beat other ones on devoted that was obviously a horse that uh, I think Trav kicked up Trav Noonan kicked up for last start CJP in obviously Bob Peters colours as Cerise and White um, and he will be making play probably a touch closer than other one son will be and the other horse that is very progressive I thought he was more of a mile to 2000 metre horse and he's made me look a little bit silly the first two runs in the lead up to this at 1200 and 1400 is Rock and Ori um, I know Willie Barbs he's a bit of a boyfriend of his he likes him a lot but, um, yeah, I'm quite happy to stick with other ones, son. Um, and I think at $2.70, he's probably one of the better bets of the weekend for mine. Yeah, awesome. He, he was a cracking winner last start. Um, this, this I was about to say this trifecta, I'm already calling, calling the race home. But this top three in the market, uh, all proper horses, other one son, devoted, and Rock and Ori. I'm pretty happy to come with you, other one son. Um, as you said... Imagine if he had had a good run last start. He would have he would have won by panels. The fact he still got up was awesome. Yeah. He's up against Devoted and Rockinori, which there wasn't much at all between them um, last start. But it looks a good play to back the favourite other one side, and then you can save on the exacta. Um, that's all we had for Belmont. So I reckon the play is now. I'll so. I'll quickly talk Royal Ascot. I'll hand over to you to do jumps, and then I'll finish off with Honkers. Done. Yep, All right. done. So, obviously, we've got Stradivarius tonight, the champ. Um, by the time this goes out, no one would have heard it, but that's right because I've put it out there anyway. He's going for his fourth Ascot Gold Cup. He won three in a row, um, and then he, he lost last year, but he had excuses. This guy is the best stayer I've ever seen. Um, I was too young to see Yates, but he's the only other horse who... Well, he's the only horse who's won four Ascot Golds Cups. This is what the John Gosden train stayer will be aiming to do tonight. He gets his firm ground. He's proven at the 4,000 metres. Um, this up-and-comer Kiprios looks impressive, looks a star, but has only won up to 2,800 metres. So happily in the champ's corner tonight. Tomorrow we've got perfect power um, back to 1,200 metres. Look, drawn barrier one, probably not ideal, but... He is the last leg of Roy Flanagan's multi if if Stradivarius can manage to, to get over the line tonight. Um, so, look, I don't know a whole lot about the form, but he looks a, a serious talent. He's won five from eight, and back in trip, he ran he ran at the mile last start. Back in trip looks very suitable. We're backing Inspiral, um, another Gosden horse. This is the horse we backed when Homeless Songs came out. Uh, we got wind that Homeless Songs was scratching and this filly looks the the next best so she goes in she's four four from four the two year old filly Dottori rides there um, hopefully he can do the double win with Stradivarius and then win with Inspiral she's currently $2.80 and we've locked in the three fifty. Um and then the only other horse the only other race is really the, the Jubilee Home Affairs and Artorias on Saturday night we learnt only a couple of hours ago that Home Affairs was drawn 17 and Artorias was drawn in two. It's definitely an advantage Home Affairs. I think the outside rail will be 
the the place to be. He is he has proven that he's the the superior horse so far in Australia. But this this uphill kind of track at Artor uh, that Ascot, everyone's saying Artorius is it's going to suit him down to the ground. Um, he profiles a lot like a horse that won the won the Cornwall, which was Merchant Navy, came out and won this race. So we're cheering on the Aussies. Hopefully they can land us the multi, the nature trip into both of them. Um, yeah, that's all I had for England. I'll let you go. Yeah, so obviously we haven't got prices out for Sunday's um, sort of... There's a few jumps races Sunday at the ball. It's not a full card. There's just four four jumps races, but there's some very interesting clashes, um, and we'll definitely have some bets, but I'll just sort of just touch the edges. We've got, obviously, Constantinople, who ran super in his jumps debut last start at Sandown, only being beaten by Blandford Ladd, who um, is one of the better hurdlers um, to progress this season so far. He takes on Kalorni, who obviously gets the ultimate gear change, Steve Pateman, first time. And I'm pretty interested to see um, Mont Angel for um, Paddy Ryan and Ronan Short. Um, yeah, I don't know what sort of price he's going to be in the market. Obviously, Yulong Rising was a horse that we backed last start also. So it's a pretty good little race, the the first race there. Obviously, Kalorni v Constantinople is probably the talking point, so it'll be interesting. I would think Constantinople is going to open favourite and is likely to be our bet on the heavy 10 because I don't exactly think Kalorni gets right through the heaviest of tracks. The second race is also a maiden hurdle. I've got a few... I've got three black bookers in here. Um, One's having their first jump start. One has been... Going really good over the jumps, just bumped into a few uh, better ones, and one was a horse that we actually backed at Warnable. Um, her Hanuna Hank is the, the jumps debutant. Um, he's going to go really good through the wet tracks. I watched a flat run, and then I went back and watched a jumps trial, um, and he looked to go reasonably well for Amy McDonald. Lady Fiorante was a horse we obviously backed at Warnable. Um, it's a, it looks like it's a genuine mutter. Uh, and Mighty Oasis was the horse who's just been bumping into a few good ones. So um, it'd be interesting to see how the market goes uh, there. So there's obviously potentially there's going to be a bet. And in the, the feature of the day, which is the open hurdle, um, there was a few good ones. Big Blue, Valak... Um, who is worth noting is being trained by Steve Pateman now, not uh, Ben and J.D. Hayes. He's becoming a little bit of an enigma, old Valak. He's He's got ability in spades, but the last two times he's not jumped. Can you go back down to the hurdles? Uh, yeah, so once you go... So once you start steeplechasing, you can always go back... Um, but obviously, he probably would have carried top weight. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a funny one. 
he as I as far as I'm aware, it's not a steward's directive that he has to go back to hurdles or anything. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure if there's any rules if you have X amount of falls in you know X amount of runs if you have to go back and get your get like your stu- uh, like a barrier certificate or anything like that. But um, yeah, he he definitely can't be a betting proposition next time he goes around. You want to see him complete the course and jump mm-hmm. them all. Because he was going to win that race oh, by a long way, and he felt the second last year. It'd be a scary thing, um, knowing you're a jockey and you've been assigned to ride him a little bit, knowing he's fallen his last couple. Yeah, well, I I had a bit of a chat with um, as with one of the jockeys who rides him with as, and um, he said it'll definitely he'll definitely know what he's done. Like it's definitely going to affect his confidence. Um. But yeah, even he said that there's only so many times a horse can do that before sometimes maybe they shouldn't do it anymore. So be interesting to see if Pateman can't fix him, well, probably no one can. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, getting a little off track here, the, the feature hurdle for the day, obviously out and dreaming. He's been ever so consistent and he's had to, had to run into Saunter Boy most of this preparation. So there's no Saunter Boy here. But there's no sauna boy, but there's a couple of other horses. Buckeye Nation is a... He's actually a jumper from Adelaide who hasn't jumped for a while. I'm not 100% sure on what's happened there, but he has had a jump trial dating back mid-May from what I can see here. Um, so he'll be interesting to see how he goes, but if there's a challenger to out and dreaming... Uh, it'll be definitely be count zero. He's taken all, all before him so far. He's two from two, unbeaten over the jumps. We know he'll stay all day. Um, just a little query is probably the wet track. I know out and dreaming. He's going to have no issue with it whatsoever. Uh, I do expect out and dreaming to open favourite and count zero to be second favourite. So hopefully they're at a price where we can uh, have a good bet out and dreaming and potentially save count zero, but. That could be wishful thinking. But yeah, um, I was pretty happy to risk Buckeye Nation with his first jump start in a little while. I'm tipping he must have been injured, but yeah. That's that. Um, I don't really have a firm opinion on the one jump win steeple race, race four. Um, Steve Pateman's got two of his horses in with him down the ride. Um, he will ride one of them. And Amy McDonald's got two horses in as well with no jockey's name. But, yeah, it wasn't really a race that I was probably going to bet in race four. But I think there's definitely a couple of bets. Definitely a bet races one and three, and depending on prices on race two. But just we'll touch on the page for that on yep. Sunday. And awesome. Bill, you've got something yeah, to shout out to Yeah, we've got three in Honkers. Um, again, we've got this cyclone type of weather it's 30 degrees and it's bucketing down rain again so um hopefully they can bring some good luck yeah. with the storms so we'll, we've got to stay tuned to the weather here um but race five i'm with two horses this race is a 1800 meter group three the premier plate um funnily enough i'm with one at the top of the weights and one at the bottom of the weights number two torby and diamond yes eric um i'm gonna i'm gonna back in one 
one Eric more time. He, he does look the class runner of this field. Um, he was no match for Russian Emperor last start at 2,400 metres, but two back, he ran Romantic Warrior to two lengths over 2,000. Um, he does have some good soft track form. Um, so if this rain is around and it is a genuine wet track, uh, that brings him in. But he does carry the 60 kilos. Um, with 51.5 kilos is number 10, True and Red Sun. This horse has a second to California Spangle by only a length at 1,800 metres, which is what this race is run at. Um, he was pretty good last start. He ran third to Running Glory, but he carried the 59.5 there, so he drops a massive eight kilos. I think that's significant. Um, as I said, he he's uh, very unexposed to the wet track, so it is a bit of a, a bit of a risk there. But if they both open each way prices, hopefully we can back them both. Pretty keen that one of them might be the winner. Uh, race six, number four, Brilliant Way, uh, John Size Horse. I think the penny might have finally dropped with him. His two wins, last two starts, have been very tough. He's been a talent from day one. Um, he's a horse who who trialed uh, like like an absolute bomb in the in the lead up to his his debut. Couldn't quite get it done on his debut, but he's slowly starting to mature. Um, he's put a couple of, couple of wins on the board now. I think they're big confidence boosters, and he does look very hard to beat here. He's got number one Jumbo Fortune Saif to beat, who hasn't exactly set the world on fire since he's been in Hong Kong. So. Pretty confident we can we can get the winner there with number four, Brilliant Way. And then to bring it all home, race seven, number three, Beauty Joy. This horse doesn't really owe us a cent. The joy. Doesn't owe us a cent, really. He's, uh, he's been um, brilliant to us over over in Hong Kong. He's 12 starts for eight wins, uh, one second and one third. His last start victory was enormous. Um, he was backed in from... into $1.60, $1.50. So it was a massive win. Um, He's still doing a little bit wrong. He's still like over racing a little bit and getting on the heels when when they slacken the tempo. But he's still, he's doing all that and he's still winning. So if if Cruz can get him to, you know, do everything right, he looks a a genuine group one horse in the the coming months. He of course was the, the ex- WA horse Talladega so he's definitely taken that next step and I'm sure Zach Purton will be looking forward to riding him he looks the best bet of the day he'll be short but he should be winning huge that'll do us for the tips punters Um, just wary of time Uh, we'll get into the questions now and we'll wrap it up can I ask you a question can I ask you a question can I ask you a question alright it is question time as always, our man, Willie Barbs, has, has got a couple for us. Benny, how far Pagan in Hong Kong? He's still trying to get out. This was um, the final race of the day. We were, watch- we were watching it. I think you needed Purton for two winners, didn't you? No, oh, yeah. This is... Yeah, so this was that race, and it was an absolute sick watch. Not only not only did I need Purton mm. for a winner, but old uh, Super Multi Tips. Yeah. Nick Cat on uh, what a, Twitter. What a, what a man. Yeah. He needed super. He needed uh, Purton for upwards of two hundred and twenty-five thousand, I think. Yeah. Uh, they offered him a cash out of about eighty grand, but um, I think he still won about thirty grand for the race. So what a what a shame, huh? But yeah, he nearly nearly hit another big one. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a suck bet to be honest. The 
promotion that the bookmaker offered that uh, me and Jack took. But anyway, we live to fight another day. <laughs> we certainly do. Um, so to answer your question, Will, yes, you definitely should have won. Uh, Nico should have cashed in on, on his $2 special bet and Super Multi Tips sh- should have been able to buy, buy another house. <laughs> Uh, there you go, uh, Nico. I'm glad. Would have been would have would have been fortress super multi tips. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone. Maybe you could have bought a reference. house in Hong Kong. Yeah, Nico. I'm glad for your mental health. Velvet Queen was scratched. She was immoral. Thoughts? She had none. She had none. It's always easy to say she had, she had none, none when she's she got a, scratched. She's a script. Um, Joshy says, "Is Artorius the bet of the carnival?" Um, <laughs> look. No. No, he's he's not. Nature Strip was. Nature Strip was the better of the carnival. I'll be I'll be absolutely wrapped. I'll be honest. If Artorius wins, I've got him going in a multi. I've got both Aussies going in a multi. Um, barrier two probably isn't ideal. Look, we don't know how how the how how it's going to play down the straight. One thing to mention with this jubilee is it's twenty seven runners. Charges a light brigade it's down the too straight. Too many. There's too many. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, if he imagine that, imagine twenty-eight runners down the Flemish straight. Oh, imagine the Cornwall's bad enough. How many did they big, get in that high teens? Yeah, big chaos. Yeah, so I'd be very to answer that question. I'd be to me like the markets adjusted properly again. Home affairs should be favourite, and I thought I think Sportsbet had. Uh, Torres at about five dollars fifty. Yeah, ludicrous. Second or third favorite. That was that's stupid. Yeah. The market's adjusted and he's back out to about ten to twelve dollars now, and that's his right price. Yeah. What a lot of people have got to remember is Home Affairs has been there and done it. Artorius has flirted with doing it. If you want to put your hard earned on, I know which one. I'm look. I've launched Home Affairs and I'm. I've had a little bit on Artorius just in case he wins, but Home Affairs would have to underperform and Artorius would have to go to a, a big career peak for me to to see the tables turning yeah. in Artorius' favour. Yeah, he's a talented horse and he's always promised a lot, but it'll be interesting to see whether he can he can make that what, next step. What excuses are, are people going to make up for Artorius if he fails this time down the big straight? Oh, barrier for we one. finally... Oh, here we go. There's <laughs> Look, what do you mean? There's, there's, the track's 85 metres wide. Yeah, and there's 27 gonna have enough. He might not be able to get across yeah, the well, best that's okay. We'll see. Yeah, well, there's, a hun- there's 100 metres for him to duck and weave through. He's got 1,400 metres as good as up there. Yeah. Uh, ben Hagar no says, future bets for the 2022 spring. Did you have anything? Because I've, I've got a couple. Um, this is probably a good topic for us to touch on when we can actually get some futures markets. There's a few horses that I'm pretty keen to back uh, once we get some markets, so we won't disclose just yet. Um, maybe we'll send him a personal message just in case some bookmakers are listening. Yeah. But yeah, there's a few. Once we start to get some markets, punters, I'm, there's a few that I'm keen to dive into. One that Benny and I touched on at the moment um, probably well enough found for an individual bet but I'm contemplating multiing up this is a bit of a dual codes sort of action here 
I'm thinking about having some small investments, taking a couple of sides to win the Premiership in the footy, into Nick Dacos to win the Rising Star. I think he's immoral after the last couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, he's just streets better than all the others. Into State of Rest for the Cox Plate, I think. $8 is probably short enough for a multi now, but $8 into $2 for Nick Dacos, you're looking at you know $16, and you, you chuck a side in for the footy around that $5 mark, all of a sudden you, you've got a fair bit of fat. You know, you're know you in that sort of anywhere from 80 to 100 mark, depending on who, you, who you're selecting. So, yeah, a few small investments that way and try and get him going for a result and then come closer to you can back, uh, back whoever. Yep. Um, for me, modern games in the Golden Eagle, if this thing comes, it is going to vie for favouritism. It's a Charlie Appleby, Godolphin horse, um, very, very talented three-year-old who's... who's... Isn't, it, yeah. isn't it funny how I... Sorry to cut you off. I requested a price on Bet365 when we saw, the, saw it come out on Sunday. Get a response back. Sorry, we can't give you a price at this time. I check. There's a price. Uh, yeah, yeah, so good. I think he went up fifteen dollars. That's what that's what I've locked in on tab. So yeah. that's a that's a great price if he comes. It's obviously pre noms betting, so uh, no troubles there. Uh, Alan Kerr, the William Haggis runner, was twenty six dollars on bet three six five. I suggested that as a bet. If you can still get twenty six dollars, definitely have a bet on him. If he if you can't get that and he's into thirteen dollars at other places, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily take thirteen dollars. Um, but the twenty six is a nice price. Um, the other horse running tonight, I've been. I was given a little message that Kip, this Kiprios is fifty-one dollars on Sportsbet um, for the cup. Yeah, for the Melbourne Cup. So he's probably worth the small bet. Again, pre-noms, big chance he won't come, but he's a lot, lot shorter. I think he's fifteen dollars on other, on other places. So Nico, if you're not on yet, go have a quick bet on Sportsbet before we put the podcast out. Yeah, I'm having a look now. Yeah. Uh, Willie Barbs. He's seventeen dollars on Bet three six five. Yeah, go look on Sportsbet. He's fifties. That's that's short. Yeah, uh, Willie Barbs. Also, just wanted to say how good she's a belter. Yes, no worries. Bask in your own glory. She he liked the oh, WA Philly. One one I do have for the punters. Just just multi. Just find something sicko, multi in just in this. Start penciling NS's name on the Everest, man. Yeah. How do they beat him? Well, they don't. Come to the Manicato. Four dollars. He's four dollars now, and that's overs. Yeah. Come to the Manicato trainers. You'll uh, you'll get. He's going to be two dollars twenty on the day. And he'll be overs then. And he'll shit him. He's an improving eight-year-old. <laughs> Like a bottle, of, he's like a bottle of fine wine. Yeah, not the not the we drink wine. Not yet. <laughs> uh, Jack Adams says Star Patrol versus passive aggressive. I think we've gone through that um, already. I'm team Star Patrol. Nico is team passive aggressive, and Jack is team passive aggressive as well. Sue uh, says, "Why am I so good looking? Good looking man." Not all heroes wear capes, Stu. He's a good-looking man, Stu. You've got to get around uh, Stu's Twitter. He's a very funny bloke and uh, 
He's got some good stories to tell. We might even be having him on the I'm podcast. On the in- I'm on. I'm on his Insta at the moment, so I best I get him on the on Twitter. Yeah, get on his Twitter because you, you see his comments come up, and he's soon as Nature Strip won, he wasn't thinking about bit of a larrikin. Is he, he wasn't thinking about counting my money. He was straight on Twitter bagging all the all the Americans. <laughs> where's Where's your golden pal now? <laughs> yeah. So we spoke about this earlier. Golden pal's got to have a name change. He's either going to become Punter's pal, Golden Smell. Because this you smash the pink or golden squib, one of the two. Yep. What a performance, though. What a performance. <laughs> what a horse. Dead set. Dead set, bloody pretender. Callum Craig says tips for Ascot tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm just backing Stradivarius. The Godolphin horse in race two could be a bet. What's its name? We're on at last start. Secret, Secret State. He's not a bad. I've got a couple of black bookers. If he's going to listen to the podcast in between now and then, I wasn't going to suggest him as bets, but Sea Silk Road, the Haggis Mark One runner in race three, should be pretty hard to beat. And I'll also be backing uh, Montesip in race seven. Also Haggis Mark Wand. Huge. Huge. Uh, Dino says how bookies put up. A dollar fifty, then a horse runs like a spud. Who's to blame? Um, I'd love to know what horse this is referring to. Yeah, it it sounds like something out of the pocket, but it is it is something you know. It is a genuine thing. I think I think horses who start at dollar fifty a lot of the time it's just hype. A lot of the time they haven't even proved it yet. A lot of the time it's it's a big barrier trial, or obviously it's good it's everything. Everything's got to come down to an educated guess. Yeah. Like, if you're taking a dollar fifty about a horse having its first start or something stupid like that, well, sometimes you half deserve to lose. But it all comes down to like, yeah, you just got to take everything into consideration. There's good dollar fifty bets and there's shit dollar fifty bets. Yeah, and most good dollar fifty bets aren't in the middle of winter during benchmark racing no. programs. So no. if, if you've got a $1.50 right. favourite, you know, during the Cup Carnival or whatever, then it's probably a genuine $1.50 favourite. Yeah, like if you've got a $1.50 favourite that might be racing at wherever, or like a genuine $1.50 favourite that's racing in race six for the Queen tonight, mm. well, there's two different things. And I think a lot of people got to remember, like $1.50 still means it loses, loses one in every three. When you think about it in yeah. infraction um, percentage terms, so when you think of it in gator, gator. gator terms, goat terms, gator terms. Um, the only other one was from Emily, a late one coming through. The riderless horse could have won if the jockey stayed on. In re- in reference to Nature Strip, uh, no. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought so. Um, it, it was carrying sixty kilos less than Nature Strip. So and it still couldn't be. It still couldn't. So I think that's just a bit of that's a bit of a tongue in cheek, having a laugh. I actually, I actually had a couple of questions for a change. Oh yeah. Let me just go in. But um, Nico's popular Instagram following. Yeah, huge. There was one silly question that I got to ask for a mate. How good is Litchfield County? And I responded with not as good as your horse, and they're both not much good. <laughs> Um, but the main question was, where is it? 
Rumour has it, VRC have contacted you, Benny, to take over Carp's role. Any truth in this? <laughs> Mate, as I touched on, I could... Source, source anon- anonymous. I know who this is from. <laughs> Actually, as I said, I couldn't, I couldn't handicap a foot race, let alone a Melbourne Cup race. And if I got Carp's job, Mugger 2 would have 100 kilos in his next run. So there you go. Maybe, maybe we can put Sam... Sam's suggestion forward. She's a bit of a go-getter. I reckon Sam could do it. Sam? Our breeder Sam? Sam. Our Sam. Our breeder Sam, yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) We've thrown her in the deep end now. She's too worried about which horses from Lonro and which horses from... (laughs) from Nagoni and which horses from this horse and that horse. She doesn't care about time. She doesn't care about times and measures and weights. I'll just find us a fast one then. Yeah, body oath. We'll be at the sales next year, English. Yes. Maybe we'll buy a Nikoni and he's the next nature strip. Yeah, out of strike line. All right, we digress. Huge. But that'll do us for the pod. Dribble. Absolutely absolute dribble, dribble this pod. I'm not sure how long it's gone for, but you know what? We're cheering on Strad tonight and we're cheering on the Australians at Royal Ascot on Saturday. Hopefully we can make it a clean sweep Hopefully, J-Mac is up in the irons again. Salutes on Home Affairs, and it is a week to remember. Thanks, guys. Have a fill-up, punters. Instead they say don't